but I fear that God's going to take something from me. And how many times have I heard people say, well, literally say this, well, I, I want to be fully surrendered, but I'm afraid if I fully surrender, he's going to take her, going to take him, or something will happen to my finances. The accusation is that God's mean and that he's demeaning and that he's not loving. The only action God is going to take with us is love. You don't have to fear what you're going to lose for developing a relationship with him. And another barrier is unbelief. Well, I, yeah, I know what he says, but. And then one thing that we throw up over and over and over again. Well, I, I hear what you're saying, and I, I know that's true, but I'm just so busy. I'm just so busy. You mean you're too busy to spend time with the Lord who keeps your heart beating? That is the poorest excuse that you don't have time. We all have 24 hours in every day, and we all make choices about how we're going to spend that 24 hours. Somebody says, well, I, I really don't have time. Okay, here's what you do. Next time you attempted to watch the television, you say, well, you know, I, I've got to get the news. Let me ask you a question. I can tell you what the news is. It's bad. <laughs> it's always bad. How many times do you hear some commentators say, there's good news tonight? Or let me tell you the good news of what's happening around the world. It's always bad news. And you know what? You'll sit down and listen to that news one hour, two hours through as you get his comment, her comment, his comment, her comment. You're challenged by this, and you want to find out what happened over there. What about finding out what he thinks? What does he think? He knows all about what's going on in the world. You know what? He knows what he wants to go on in your life, and the most precious time you spend in any given day of your time is your time when you get by yourself and just you and the Lord Jesus talk about whether it's your circumstances or somebody else's or whatever it might be. We're not too busy. You know what the problem is? We make wrong choices. And I simply ask you this. What is it in your life that's more valuable to you than a personal, intimate relationship with Jesus Christ who loves you unconditionally, who will never leave you nor forsake you, who will meet your every need, who loves you with a love that is absolutely indescribable, who sacrificed his life because he loves you, whose intimate relationship with you can bring you a sense of satisfaction, fulfillment, contentment, joy, happiness, and you name it, it's all there if you're wise enough to make the wise choice. And that's my prayer, that you would not just think about this message, but you'd be wise enough to make a commitment to the Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, I parked back yonder somewhere. I've been on autopilot my Christian life. I've been seeking to serve and seeking recognition and seeking this and seeking that. Now I want to start seeking you. I just want to make sure, Lord, that daily you and I have some time together. And I want you to do everything in my life you want to do. Whatever you want to cut out is fine. Whatever you want to add is fine. But, Lord, don't let me live a day without coming to you with thanksgiving, confession, repentance, 
intercession for my friends, but most of all, just listening to you to see what you have to say to me today. And you know what? Get this down. God will never disappoint you. He who draws near to him, he says he will draw near to us. Father, how grateful we are that you love us that much. And I pray the Holy Spirit will sink this message so deep in every one of our hearts. Just, we, that we can't even go to sleep at night until, first of all, we've had some time with you. We want to be godly. We want to live the extraordinary life. We want our life to count to the maximum for our potential. Let us settle for life, be excluded from our way of thinking. Let us not look around to see what other people are doing, but rather, Lord Jesus, what are you doing? And what do you desire to do in our life? Is my prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. You're listening to In Touch, the teaching ministry of Dr. Charles Stanley. Personal meditation on God and His Word should be every believer's most important activity. When we invest time with the Lord, He permeates, saturates, and influences every facet of our lives. To listen again, click on Today on Radio at InTouch.org, and that's where you'll find resources to help you develop intimacy with God. If you go to the bookstore page, you can order a copy of Dr. Stanley's complete message, Intimacy with God, or order the entire teaching set, Living the Extraordinary Life. Again, you'll find these resources at intouch.org or call 1-800-IN-TOUCH. To write to us, address your letter to In Touch, Post Office Box 7900, Atlanta, Georgia, 30357. Knowing Jesus as Savior is just the starting point of a lifelong journey of discovery. Today's moment with Charles Stanley is coming up. The Christian life is an exciting journey with great joys and challenges. We don't always know the right questions to ask or the best way to approach Scripture in search of answers. Dr. Stanley's Handbook for Christian Living is an easy-to-use help system that will bring Scripture to life so you can see God moving powerfully in your life. To order, call 1-800-IN-TOUCH or go to intouch.org slash store. You're listening to In Touch. A believer would know the basics of faith in Christ, but there's so much more to discover. Here's a moment with Charles Stanley. God wants you and me to know First of all, who He is. You'd be surprised at the number of people who sit in church pews. If you ask them, do you believe that Jesus is God? No, I don't believe that. You believe Jesus is born of a virgin? I don't think that was necessary. I can name you a lot of things, you can, all kinds of statistics. Well, who is Jesus? He wants us to know who He is. He's the Son of God. He's the Lamb of God. He's the King of kings, the Lord of lords. He says, He is our very life, Paul says in Colossians. He wants us to, listen, to know who He is. Then secondly, listen, He wants us to know His ways. How did He live? That's the way He wants us to live. What are the ways of God? 
How did he respond? What motivated him? How did he think? How does he think? He wants us to think the way he thinks, to know his ways, to understand his ways. He wants us to love like he loved and to forgive like he forgave and to walk like he walked before the Father in obedience to him. He wants us to respond to difficulty, temptation, and trials, and persecution, rejection. He wants us to know how to respond when everything about us is going the other direction. He wants us to have such a relationship and to know him the way he responded. That's the wonderful thing about the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul is a beautiful example, a powerful example of the life of Christ. You name it, and he faced it. And what happened? He never gave up, he never quit, he never stopped, he kept going. You'll find free resources at intouch.org to help you persevere in knowing God. And if you gained new insight from today's program that helps you grow in your faith, please tell us about it. Tomorrow on In Touch, living an extraordinary life demands that we exercise faith even when things don't go our way. Our series continues Friday on In Touch, the teaching ministry of Dr. Charles Stanley. This program is a presentation of In Touch Ministries, Atlanta, Georgia, and remains on this station through the grace of God and your faithful prayers and gifts. Welcome to Breakpoint, a daily look at an ever-changing culture through the lens of unchanging truth. For the Colson Center, I'm John Stone Street. Recently in Vox, journalist Rachel Cohen attempted to explain how, quote, millennials learn to dread motherhood. Noting the troubling drop in global fertility rates, Cohen spoke to dozens of women about whether they hope to become or hope to avoid becoming moms. Here's what she said, quote, Today the question of whether to have kids generates anxiety far more intense than your garden variety ambivalence. For too many, it inspires dread. I know some women who have decided to forego motherhood altogether, not out of an empowered certainty that they want to remain child-free, but because the alternative seems impossibly daunting. Others are still choosing motherhood, but with profound apprehension that it will require them to sacrifice everything that brings them pleasure, end quote. Now, at least part of the dynamic at work here has to be cultural. Our technologies and evolving social norms have created the impression that the choice to become a parent is simply one among many lifestyle choices that we can make, such as whether to buy or rent a home or whether or not to get a dog. And like those choices, we make this choice to have children or not based on things like convenience, enjoyment, personal fulfillment. It should be no surprise then when motherhood lands on the losing side of this evaluation. Now, this is rooted in a narrative that itself has roots in second wave feminism. Unlike early feminism, which was largely about correcting social injustices in pursuit of equal rights for women, second and especially third wave feminism went further, presuming that a woman's value is found entirely in how she compares to and competes with men. In the process, women's fertility was in many ways pathologized, treated as a bug rather than a feature of being a woman. However, rather than liberating women as promised, one of the consequences of this brand of feminism is fear. Women have been led to believe that having children will destroy their lives, or at least the possibility of fulfillment and happiness. This narrative is dominant, especially among the young, many of whom feel stigma from finding any joy in motherhood whatsoever. And Cohen described as much in a remarkable section of her Vox article. Quote, when I started asking women about their experiences as mothers, I was startled by the number who sheepishly admitted, and only after being 
impressed that they had pretty equitable arrangements with their partners and even loved being moms, but were unlikely to say any of that publicly. Doing so, they thought, could seem insensitive to those whose experiences were not as positive, end quote. According to a 2022 Pew Research report, 80% of parents say that having children is enjoyable and rewarding, and strangely enough, those most likely to rate parenthood highly were low-income parents. Still, if marriage and having children is seen as merely one means to pleasure, we'll be disappointed whenever those things are difficult or painful or boring, as they sometimes even often are. On the other hand, if life does have meaning beyond comfort and pleasure, then it's possible that something can be both difficult and worth pursuing at the same time. Now, remarkably, the Vox piece about motherhood is conspicuously silent about one crucial factor to this experience of childbearing, marriage. Cohen writes as if having children is a choice that's laid squarely at the feet of women alone, as if marriage and babies have nothing whatsoever to do with each other. Just as the ability to bear children is part of God's design for women, having children is an inherent part of God's design for marriage. Pursuing children outside of this design will, of course, be more painful and more difficult than it was ever meant to be. And so anyone who feels childbearing to be too daunting to choose should look instead to the psalmist promise that if we delight ourselves in the Lord, he'll give us the desires of our heart. What they may find in the end is that God will give them the grace to desire children after all. For the Colson Center, I'm John Stone Street with Breakpoint. For more resources to live like a Christian today, go to breakpoint.org.